Well, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Happy Memorial Day. So glad we got some sunshine today, amen. Uh, Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz are out of town today. They're helping Anna down in Pittsburgh uh, move back here today. So keep them in your prayers um, as they move furniture and different things and drive back here. Um, This morning, I wanted to open with uh, a verse from our reading plan. Today was Psalm 54 and 55. If you could all stand with me, we're going to, I'm just going to read this out loud here and then we'll just enter right into worship today. Psalm 54 verse 6 says this, I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. Amen. Is his name good? Amen. All right, let's all worship. There's no one like our God, amen. We're going to go into communion here in a a moment. Um, But I wanted to take some time before we go into communion. Uh, just to pray for all the families that lost their children, their loved ones in that shooting. Um, <clears throat> I was asking the Lord, you know, what, what should we, what do you want to do this morning during the communion? And I didn't get anything during the week or even this morning as I was preparing and uh, as I was worshiping, a verse from Acts came up. In Acts 3, uh, Peter and John, they heal the, they, they're in the temple and they heal the lame man at the name of Jesus. And then they get questioned by the, the uh, religious leaders and all of that. And you get to Acts 4, and then Peter says, uh, it says, verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel... If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And this is the verse, verse 12. Nor is there salvation by Salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It is only through Jesus that we can be saved. It is only through Jesus that this world will change. It's only through him. And that's why we have to share and tell people and give them this hope because we live in a very dark world, as we saw, and as we know, you know, this is, happens more often than we've ever seen. And so, before we go into communion and all that, let's just pray. I want to pray for the families, um, pray for the schools, we'll pray for uh, wisdom for teachers, for those in charge of school districts, godly wisdom for police, and uh, we'll pray for 
godly wisdom just for leaders in our government to make godly decisions and that God's mercy would continue just to shine on us in a way that will cause men and women all over this country to turn to him. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. We worship you and we glorify you. We honor you. You are holy. And Jesus, you are the only name by which we can be saved. You are the only name by which this world can be saved and be transformed. And we lift up all of these families, Father, that lost their children. Lord, that you would comfort their hearts that you would send laborers to them to just love them. Lord, that during this time that they would not turn away from you, that they would turn to you. Lord, in Jesus' name, only your peace that passes understanding can help, can fix, can heal. And we ask you right now just to impart into them your peace and that they would turn to you. Lord, and that the lives of their children would not in vain at all, Lord God, that you would, in your great mercy, work these things together for good. Lord, we ask you for wisdom upon all of the school districts in this country, all of the teachers and those who are caring for children. You would give them wisdom, Lord God, on how to protect and how to care for them, on how to, and how to care for families. Give the school districts and those leading wisdom Lord, we ask you to thwart any plans that are being prepared to do any more attacks. Lord, let them be discovered, that they would be stopped before they could happen. Jesus, we cry out to you for your mercy. We cry out to you for your salvation. Give us boldness to share like never before, that we can bring peace and comfort to those who, who have lost the most dearest thing to them. Father, we pray for the police and all those in law enforcement that you would protect them and keep them, give them wisdom, give them the insight they need to be able to protect the people of this country. That our hearts would be stirred to support them, Father, in this time when so many are against them. Father, we ask you for your wisdom upon our leaders in this nation, that they would their ears would be open, their eyes would be open, that they would turn to you. Jesus, you, King Nebuchadnezzar, the, one of the most awful kings in the world, turned to you in his last days. Father, we pray that the leaders of our government, from the president down, Lord, that ears and eyes and hearts would be opened and come to know you before it's too late for them. Lord, and that you would raise up the leaders in our government that do know you. You would protect them and keep them and let their words not fall on deaf ears, Father. Let their, their words would not be thwarted, that they would be able to give godly wisdom and counsel and lead uprightly, Father God, that no weapon formed against them would prosper. Lord, and I want to come and ask you to forgive me for not praying more. I know we all need to pray more, Father. Lord, we set our hearts to praying, to seeking your face, to crying out to you, the one who is the healer, the one who is salvation. Jesus, your name literally means salvation. So we set our hearts on you. We worship you. We cry out to you. And Lord, we ask you to send Jesus back. 
Send Jesus back quickly, Father, that this whole world will be restored to true life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to, from here, we're going to go into communion. And uh, we have two tables up here. The center plate is for those of you that may be gluten-free. So pick from that plate if you are. Um, you can just come down the center aisles and then wrap your way back to your seats. And then we will partake of communion together. Well, I love communion. I, know, I, was, I was never a part of a church that took communion every week until, until here. And um, I love it because this supper, this, this partaking of the communion meal, which is the Passover meal, it binds us together. It's the blood of Jesus. We are all blood brothers and sisters now. Amen. And it's special for us because it is salvation. The blood of Jesus, the body of, of Jesus for our life, paid for our sins, every one of them, every single one of them. As far as the east is from the west, God separates our sin from us. Because of Jesus. So before we partake, let's each just take that moment in silence here and just pour out, pour out our hearts before the Lord. Repent of any sins that you need to repent of. Recommit your heart to him if you need to. And then we'll partake together. Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. It is by him that we can be saved. We thank you. We were just singing, who is like the Lord? There is no one like you. Jesus, there is no one like you. Your good deed of giving your life for us has provided salvation for every single person who would choose to believe in you. There is no one stronger than you. No one more powerful. No one more good. No one more merciful, no one more faithful, no one more kind, no one more generous than you. 
No one more forgiving than you. No one more compassionate than you. Your death encompasses all of it for us. And we honor you and we acknowledge you, Jesus, as our Lord, as our Savior, as our God. Paul says, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink. Drink it in remembrance of me. Let us drink together. Jesus, we honor you and we praise you. We give you all the glory. We ask you to continue to lead us this morning. In Jesus' name, in your name. Amen. All right, if you can stand with me, we're going to sing another song and we'll continue to worship the Lord. I'm so glad that you ended with what can wash away our sins. Um, I can't get the verse out of my head that I just read that there's salvation in no other name but Jesus. There is no other name. Jesus. Ever wonder why people use the name of Jesus as a curse word and not Buddha or Allah or whatever other gods there are? It's because it's the name of Jesus that's the most powerful. And Satan wants to degrade it as much as he can, but he can't. There is no other name by which we can be saved. It's only through his blood that our sin is washed away. I don't know who needs to hear it today. Maybe just I do. There is no other name by which we are saved. And if you don't know Jesus, he loves you and cares about your life more than anything. And today is the day of salvation. You can choose him. He died for our sins. We were born sinners separated from God, and he came and died to pay for our sins because the wages of sin is death. And he paid for those sins of ours so we would not have to die. And if you don't know Jesus, come up here and talk to me. All right? Jesus loves you. I want us to hold on to it's by his name that we are saved. And I want to encourage all of us also to keep praying for this, the family, the families in Texas. But I also want to encourage us right now just to pray for our own city. You know, we had the school shooting not, not long ago, and no one died, thank, thank the Lord, uh, just in Erie here. Um, but pray for the city. Something I have been talking to Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz about uh, I was sitting over at the at the bay a few weeks, uh, maybe a month ago or two, and I just 
was looking over the bay and looking at the water. You guys can sit down and then we'll greet. Uh, looking over the water, and he, God just said, look at the city across the bay. And I looked at Erie, and the word city of refuge came to my mind, to my heart. And it's something that God had spoke to me a little bit before that as well, and he brought it to my remembrance. That Erie, I really believe God wants to do something special in this whole county. Where this place in the dark days, God will use this city as a city of refuge, a place for people to run to because the church is thriving and the church is unified and the church is going and sharing the truth and reaching the lost and bringing life change and people in other states that don't know Jesus that are trying to get away from the craziness that's going on will come here. And I'm just trusting the Lord for that so you can keep that in prayer as well. So, oh, how, how many are happy to be in the house of the Lord together worshiping? Amen. Um, if you weren't here at the start, uh, Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz are in Pittsburgh today helping Anna move back to Erie and they should be back here today. And so um, I'm Pastor Andy, if you don't know, and I'm super glad that you're here. If this is your first time here, welcome. Um, We're so glad you're here. And um, we do have in front of you connection cards on the seats in front of you. Uh, Feel free to grab one of those and fill fill it out with as much or little information as you like. If you have a prayer request or a praise report, please write it on there. And there will be offering buckets up here that you can drop them in, um, or you can drop them in the box right by the door to the left um, as you leave today. Um, offering, if you have offering, feel free to bring it up here, tithes and offerings, and just drop it in these buckets. If you have kids, uh, first, I think we're going to make this announcement, but I'll just announce it now. Um, our nursery is normally staffed, but on fifth Sundays at this time, it's not staffed. It is open but it's DIY, do it yourself, so feel free to go in there with your child and um, take care of them however you need. And then we have, for all of our other kids, Kids Corner over in the back. Please make your way back to there in just a moment and grab your bags. And um, if you're new and your children are new, uh, we have someone to help you, uh, just guide you through that process. All right, you guys ready to greet each other? Say hello? Yes? All right, we got eight minutes, so... Let's do it. <laughs> Hello. Um, I just have, I think, one announcement now. Um, just a reminder that the nursery isn't staffed today. It's just, it's open for parents only and their babies. And then the other announcement is um, worship and prayer is the first Wednesday of every month. So that's coming up next week. This week? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the next Wednesday is worship and prayer. Um, and that's here, and that's at 6.30, um, to, 6.30 to around 8. And it's just a really great time to come and to worship or pray or journal or get prayer um, for yourself or someone else. And um, it's just a really great time. I encourage you to try to make that a regular thing, or definitely if you have never come, to make it a priority to at least come once, because um, I I promise you, you will not regret it. Um, I'm not going to bet anything, but you will not regret it. Um, yeah, now we're going to watch a short video.
Before we uh, move on to the message, let's pray for all the troops that we have, and then let's just pray for the families that have lost their loved ones um, as they served us. Father, we thank you so much for giving us this country. Lord, we didn't even, we didn't choose where we were born, and you, you gave us this nation. And we thank you for placing us here and giving us the freedom that we have, the blessing that we have. And we know that it didn't come freely. Lord, people laid down their lives over years and centuries for this nation so we could have freedom to worship you at, our, at, our, at any time without persecution. And we thank you for them. We thank you that you've instilled it in the hearts of men and women to serve in such a way that they would be willing to lay down their lives for us. And Father, we ask you to comfort the hearts of all the families that have lost loved ones in the military, in the United States military, Father, that you just give them peace, it passes understanding, Lord, that they would come to know you if they don't, but Lord, that they would have peace and uh, that they would know that their loved ones, their children, their husbands, their wives who have laid down their lives, it's not in vain. And Lord, we pray for all the military that we have right now that are serving, or that you would protect them, that you would keep them, you would give them wisdom, Father God, as they serve this nation. Lord Jesus, that you would keep them from harm, and that those in the military that know you, Father God, that they would have boldness and courage to share your love with those around them that don't, that they might come to know you as well and understand the sacrifice that you gave for us to have salvation. And so we just thank you so much for this nation and for those that are serving us. And we just honor you and we take this moment to honor them and thank, thank them, Father. And um, Lord, we take this moment also just to pray for the offering, the tithes and offerings that was given. Lord, we ask you to bless it. Lord, prosper it. Make it go forth and produce fruit. Lord, we thank you that you are our provider, that you take care of us. And as we give, like you, generously with a heart, it's a free will offering to you, Father God, that you uh, cause us to just prosper and flourish and that we can rely on you in every situation because you are our provider. We just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, can everybody hear me okay? Yes, okay. You're seeing me a lot today, so I hope it's not too much. Um, so, we've been talking... for the past couple weeks uh, from the book of Romans. So how many of you are following our reading? We have a Bible reading plan for the church. I know some of you are following it. And this past uh, month, we've been in Romans the past few weeks. So we're still in Romans, and we'll be in Romans next week as well. So Pastor Jason thought it would be best that we do... uh, a study on Romans. It's not an in-depth, like a crazy in-depth study, because we're just taking about four weeks to do it. And so um, I'm continuing with that. And this past week, we read Romans 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. So we're going to do an in-depth study, though, of all those chapters today. Just kidding. We're going to just do Romans 12, and one verse from Romans 12. But there's a lot of scripture in this today. And um, as we go through it, so part of my job as pastor probably like the main job. He told Peter, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed my lambs, tend my lambs. So my job is to give us food from God's word to eat in that I am also a sheep 
Um, so we're going to eat together of this. But the food we're going to eat today is kind of a more of like a basic foundational type food or message. Um, but it's, it's very, very important that we understand this. And I'm actually going to be speaking on the 12th of June. So just not next week, but the week after. So I'm going to make this a two-part message with a space in between. But it's very foundational. So as we do this, um, just really take good notes and eat of it. Uh, it's super important that we get the basics and the foundations, even if we think we have them, that we just keep reestablishing them. Um, for a sports analogy, you know, if you go to a training camp, football, baseball, whatever, they're going to reteach you pretty much every year the basics. You're going to have to learn how to block again in football because if you don't know how to block and you've slacked off in your training, your quarterback's going to hate you, right? So we need to make sure that we have the basics down at all times. And so we're going to start from Romans 12, and we're just going to look at really verse 2, but I'll read Romans 1 and then 2. And I have most of the scriptures on the screen, so you can follow along there or in your Bibles or on your phones. Romans 12.1 says this, I beseech you, therefore, brothers by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So before I move on from there, a couple months ago, I think I spoke on, I did speak on worship. I did it for about two weeks, and we talked a little bit about sacrifice. Um, This one verse could also have its own series of um, messages, lots to talk about in there. But just as a reminder, worship is a posture of our heart and also of our bodies in submission to God and love. Worship always involves sacrifice and should flow from our hearts outward. Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice is worshiping. And we are created to worship. If we aren't worshiping Jesus, we are worshiping something else. So we need to constantly be remembering that Jesus is our first love. We worship him. We use our bodies to worship him as living sacrifices. All right, so number two, verse two says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love this verse. And um, as I was preparing and like asking the Lord, what do you want me to preach from, from these five chapters? This is the verse that just stuck out to me. And I love this verse because of the word transformed. How many of you guys grew up loving Transformers? Yeah. (laughs) I love Transformers. Yeah. Transformers are awesome. I I remember watching them as a kid, watching the movie from like 1981 or something. There's a whole Transformers movie that came out. It was a cartoon. And uh, my favorite, I think, was probably Optimus Prime, but I was a big Bumblebee fan too. Uh, I love Bumblebee. And of the movies, so there's a number of Transformers movies, and they're all, they're not like great, but they're entertaining. But the best one I think is Bumblebee. So if you get to watch Bumblebee, check it out. It is good. Um, there's a lot more character development in that, in that story. So uh, so anyways, I love, I love Transformers. Um, I love watching the vehicle, the robots transform into vehicles or into aircraft. And there's just something about transformation that we as humans love. We love transformation. And I think, I believe, it's because every single person, every one of us, is born into a broken world, 
and we are all born as sinners, you know, spiritually dead right off the bat. And when we realize how imperfect we are and how messed up the world is, it's like we want transformation. That's why we're drawn to stories and characters that we see transforming from one thing to another or a person becoming a hero. And um, it's, lo- it's why we love transformative shows. How many of you love shows like there was an old show called What Not to Wear? Anybody remember that? Yeah, and like, you know, it was mostly women, but there were guys on it too. You know, they dress frumpy. They don't know what, you know, they just basically wear like, I mean, I wear cargo shorts all the time, but they just wear cargo shorts or sweatpants and they just, they don't know how to present themselves fashion-wise. And so, you know, they bring on this person, they take their wardrobe and they throw it all away and they give them like, you know, a few thousand dollars to go into New York City and buy a new wardrobe, which is like two things. And then, and then uh, you know, makeup, hair, and they teach them how to dress and transform them. And we're like, oh, that's so great. They look so good. And then there's other shows, um, renovation shows. How many of you like renovation shows? Flip or flop? Yeah. I think the first one was Extreme, Make- Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Remember with Ty, I forget his last name. He's like, move that bus, remember that? Yeah, so move that bus, and we love seeing those houses. My favorite is probably Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, I mean, they've created an empire of renovations, but um, anyways, they're great. Hometown, lots of shows. And then there's transformative restaurant shows. How many of you like the restaurant shows like uh, Kitchen Nightmares (laughs) or Restaurant Impossible? You know, and Gordon Ramsay, I think, does Kitchen Nightmares, and he goes in, and, you know, there's rats in their kitchen, and just all kinds of crazy stuff, and the whole team is in disarray, and he comes in there, and is like, what are you guys doing? And he freaks out on them, and then he fixes it all, and transforms it, and gives them a brand new kitchen, and, and all of that, and I love watching people in homes and restaurants be transformed. There's a great joy that comes from it, from seeing change that just is a wonderful thing. And when you see something that's completely wrecked just become something beautiful again, there's nothing like it. And the desire for transformation is such a powerful desire in us that it's why we're in the crisis we are in with people trying to literally transform their identity of their gender. I mean, it's a very deep thing where people are trying to transform. They want to change. They want to become somebody. They want to find out who they are and they can't figure it out. And the thing is, uh, most people, when, if you don't know Jesus, you know, people try to transform all the time, whether it's, you know, on the outward or the inward, they try, and, and everything they use is usually surface level or transformation, which doesn't really affect a heart change, or if they're trying to affect, do something in their heart, get down into their identity and all these different things, if it's without Jesus, it always makes things worse. The transformation becomes worse, right? They, they are not getting better. With Jesus, true transformation happens. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 establishes that. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's good news. That's transformation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You are a new creation. So that's transformation. And the dilemma that many Christians find 
is actually experiencing new, this new creation and real transformation. I know it took some time when I accepted Jesus, which I accepted Jesus when I was five, but the real deep, purposeful, meaningful decision took place when I was 15. And, you know, it took time for my life to transform. Like when we get saved and we accept Jesus into our life, not everything is just fixed, right? It takes time for transformation to happen. And there's still areas of my life that I want to see transformed. And so that's why Paul says in Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul had to make this statement because when he was writing to the Romans, they were saved, but they were not transforming. They were still conforming to the world. And it's very easy for us to continue to conform to this world because we don't understand the whole transformation process, the journey and how it works. So our goal is to transform and not go back to the old way. When we accept Christ, our goal is to transform and not go back to looking like the world. Transformers go back and forth, right? They go from robot to car, right? Robot to plane. It's just a flip or flop. And a lot of times when you watch like the restaurant shows, how many of you wait to see the very end to see what happened to the restaurant or to the house? Anybody? I usually do. And it'll either say something like, you know, after three months, this, this place is thriving and they've increased their sales by blah, blah, blah. Or they'll say something like, yeah, they sold the business. You know, like it just fell apart because the transformation that they experienced wasn't deep enough inside of them personally to uh, sustain the renovation that happened on the outside. And so restaurants close and sell. And um, a lot of times the remodels, so like say a person was a hoarder that had their house remodeled, if they don't change their heart, they're going to just make that place look like what it was before, and the remodel will then need remodeled again. So, excuse me, when it comes to my faith in Jesus, I don't want to go back looking like the world. Paul says, don't be conformed to the world. I don't want to go back to the world. I want to look different, and so the real question becomes, how do I actually experience like a, a sustaining transformation? How do we transform like a butterfly? How many of you love butterflies? Guys, you can raise your hands. Okay. I love butterflies, too. I don't like moths. Actually, I hate moths. They're like psycho butterflies, and, you know, they don't just float around. They, like, freak out all around you, and oh, they're just nasty. And you touch them and they smear. It's just, it's not good. Sorry if you're a moth lover. I'm not. I do like butterflies way more. Um, So how do we transform like a butterfly? Because a butterfly transformation is remarkable because it's permanent. You know, this monarch butterfly lays an egg and it's a caterpillar. It doesn't have wings. Then all of a sudden it transforms. In fact, I have a video. So We can watch a transformation. It usually takes, like, I read different things, like, basically like 14 days for the the caterpillar to do the whole transformation. We're going to see it in two minutes. So I'll go ahead and watch it for two minutes. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God amazing? 
I mean, that's, that's like, that's, sorry, that's not evolution, guys. That's not. That's amazing. And that's the type of transformation I want to see in my life. That's the type of transformation I want to see in your life, where it's a permanent transformation in Christ. It's not a flip or flop. It's not a transformer type. As much as I want to be, you know, a robot and turn into a Camaro, I, I don't want to be able to flip and flop in my faith with Jesus. I want it to be solid, steady, looking nothing like the world. I mean, that's why Paul says in Romans 12 too, and we're going to look at some words here. I'll read the scripture again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word conform, I think I have the things on here. Anyways, it's, uh, these are all Greek words. Um, I'm not going to try. Siskimitizo. Okay. Means to fashion alike. So, or to conform to the same pattern. So, when he says conform, he's saying don't look like the world. Don't be fashioned like the world. Don't follow the same patterns that you see people in this world doing that do not follow Christ. When he says transformed, I mean the word metamorpho, okay, means to transform figuratively or literally, to change, transform, and transfigure. And the definition of transform is to change in composition or structure, to change the outward form or appearance of, to change in character or condition, to cause a cell to undergo genetic transformation. I mean, we're talking about permanent type of, transform is a permanent type of thing. Right? So if it's, a, if it's a permanent type of thing, and we're flipping, flipping back and forth from looking like the world and not looking like the world, then it's not really transformation, really. We want to establish real transformation. When he says renewing, that word means renovation, a complete change for the better. So Paul is saying, you know, we need to transform by renovating our minds. And the word mind is the intellect. Divine or human, in thought, free, feeling or will, your mind, your understanding. Everything that happens up here. Right? So Paul is saying, don't be fashioned like the world. You're supposed to look completely different. And he says that renewing your mind is how we are transformed to no longer look like, act like, or talk like the sinful world. So that sounds easy. Right? It's easy to read, and it's simple in the how, but it's not always easy in the execution of it. Because how many of you guys still have things you're working on? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Paul has the same issue. He addresses this very issue of the flip-flop, of the lack of transformation, and why it happens, and why it's so hard. And so I'm going to read a fairly decent portion of Romans 7 verses 13 through 25, and I'm just going to try to do a little illustration, and I'll need two guys to help me with that. Um, you don't really have to do anything other than just stand here and look pretty. So, um, Romans 7, let's turn there. Why do we oftentimes in our relationship with Jesus find ourselves struggling to not conform to the world? Why do we find ourselves in repetitive cycles of sin? Why do we just struggle to uh, have boldness or courage for Christ, whatever it may be. Romans 7, verse 13, says this, Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. 
And he was talking about the law um, of Moses. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so, so that sin, through the commandment, might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree that the law, I'm sorry, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And then you go to Romans 8 and it says, but there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Such a great verse. But this passage of scripture tells us, Paul tells us exactly why we struggle with conforming to the world and actually transforming. So I need two guys. I think I asked Paul, if you could come up. Do I have another gentleman that would like to help me? Sure. Uh, you can just stand here. So I'm going to kind of demonstrate this passage, passage of Scripture. And, um, excuse me. <coughs> It's really hard to cough with the microphone right by your mouth. Not awesome. Okay. Okay. You're going to be my spirit man. Okay. So I want you to look like a superhero. Okay. Righteous, strong, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're going to be my flesh. I'm sorry. So you need to look like a supervillain. That's tough for me to do. Okay. okay. <laughs> just, just give the... Uh, just give me a, the a, mean. A, a, the, the mean. Right. Okay. So, before I got saved, my spirit wasn't a superhero. It wasn't righteous, right? It didn't look like Jesus. It was dead. But when I accepted Christ, I became a new creation, and now I look like Paul. Right. Okay. <laughs> when you get saved, though, okay, this is my flesh. When I get saved, when I accept Jesus, my spirit is completely changed. But how many of you guys' bodies were changed? No, right? You, I still have the same flesh. Yes, still the supervillain. Still sin in my flesh. You have a spirit, when you accept Christ, that is made brand new. Your heart is now good because the love of God has shed, been shed abroad in your heart. You have a brand new, alive spirit, and you still live in this flesh. One day we will have a flesh that is perfect. When Jesus comes back, we will be restored to completely whole with a new body, not even this old one, a new one, which means I'm going to have abs. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I hope. I pray in Jesus' name. I mean, abs that you can see, right? Okay. All right. So, I have my flesh. 
I am, for this illustration, my mind, okay? My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, okay? This is neutral ground. Okay? You have your spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Your body still has sin in it. And this is what Paul is saying. And what we have to do, Paul is saying, when you renew your mind, he's saying you have a flesh that wars against your spirit. Your flesh always wants sin. It always wants to do what the world does. It always does. Your spirit, this new spirit that God has given you, this new you, always wants to do the will of God. And Paul is saying, why do I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things I, want, I really want to do? It's because of this war. Okay? Your enemy in this situation, we all have an enemy, and it's the devil, but we know that. But in this situation, your enemy is actually sin in your flesh that, you, that we have to take authority over. We need to operate from this spirit man and look different and, and take control of our flesh. And the way we do it is through our, our soul, through our mind. Now, the thing is, in this life, our mind has been trained to think like the world, to think like the sinful world. We have to renew our mind because if my mind, if my spirit man does not control my mind, my flesh is going to take control of it, and now it's two against one. We're going to beat you, right? But if the real me, the spirit man, who lives inside that body, who's supposed to control that body, gets me, okay, my mind, the, his mind, on the right things, now it's two against one, and we are going to control our flesh, okay? This is how it works. This is why we don't see change, because we are not renewing our mind from the old ways of thinking, to think the right way. So that way, it's always two against one. Generally, it would go back and forth. Oh, this way. You know, oh, I feel this way today. Oh, and I, I, I'm like, oh, I don't feel good now. And then I take over my spirit and don't do what, it's supposed to, what I'm supposed to do. So I have some examples. Um, you guys can stay here. I like having you up here. You can stay here. No, stay here, stay here. I'm going to read some, dem- I'm going to demonstrate the war a little bit. I'm just going to kind of read it. So, for instance, my spirit says, I want to love people like Jesus and how he loved me. My spirit always wants that. My new recreated, recreated, new spirit man who has the love of God shed abroad in his heart wants to always love. But my flesh says, let's get back at them. I hate them. Let's gossip about them. Let's lash out. It'll make me feel good to give them a piece of my mind, right? They deserve it. It's okay. Okay? They deserve it. That's what your flesh is going to say. How many have experienced that? I have. Especially driving. Especially in New Jersey when I was driving in New Jersey. You just learn that in New Jersey when you're driving, it's not personal. You just got to cut people off. Because you're going to get cut off no matter what. So if you want a space, you just got to take it. It's not personal. In Erie, another story. New Jersey, the people just, ha- they just know. We're just driving, and this is the way we drive. Okay. All right, next one. Spirit says, I want to honor God with my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I need to honor him in this body that God gave me. Right? That's a good thing. Flesh says, 
I'd rather just feel good all the time. A little fornication won't hurt. Just, just look a little. The line is right there, and really, there is no line. Just don't cross it, okay? Or he'll say, keep eating. Eating will make you feel better, right? And pretty soon, I'll eat a whole bag of, like, whatever, Doritos or whatever. Your body will say, this drug will help me. Alcohol will fix me. I, just, I used to work with friends, and they would just talk about getting drunk all the time. It's like, I just can't wait till Friday so I can get drunk, so that way I don't have to think about life anymore. It's like, man, I've got a better way for you, Okay? You're old, yeah, and your body, your flesh will say, you're too old and have too many health problems to get in shape. Okay? Your, body is always, your flesh is always going to tell you the opposite of your spirit. The spirit says, I want to honor God with my time and my money and my energy and my gifts that he's given me to bless others. And your flesh will say, let someone else do it. You don't have enough time in the day to serve. You need to do the hard work and earn that dollar. It's all on you. God may come through, but you better be safe and have that backup plan just in case he doesn't come through. That's what your flesh is going to say. Sin in you. You're too tired to help that person move today. It's your Sabbath. Oh, you want to give? Don't you see, that, see how little you have? Let the rich people with the, with the gift of giving help that single mom with three kids fix her roof. Okay? I'm giving some extreme examples here. Spirit says, people need to hear about Jesus. I need to share my testimony. My flesh is going to say, You don't want to do that. You're not ready. You'll look stupid. You don't have enough verses memorized. Wait a while. It's too hard. You're not ready for persecution. The Lord will send the right person to them at the right time when all the whole time you were the right person. Spirit says, I want to I want to be who God created me to be. I don't want to I don't want this addiction and temptation to govern my life. Flesh says, You can't. Too many awful things have happened to you. You're insecure. Look at all your sins. You've failed so many times. It's not going to change. Not, is it worth going back and forth over and over if, you're going, if you aren't going to be perfect? Your spirit man will say, I want to love my wife like Christ loves the church. I want to be there for her and love her deeply. Your flesh is going to say, look how she treats you. She doesn't respect you or care for you or how you feel. Give her the cold shoulder for a while. Let her feel what you feel and vice versa. These are the battles that our mind, and we have so, there's so many more. Millions. Millions of, you know, your mind, our minds never shut up. Or I'm sorry, our flesh never shuts up. It never shuts up. How many of you have gone to bed thinking about, man, this is what I would have said to that person. <laughs> and you stay up for like an hour, and you're like, shut up, I just want to go to sleep. Okay? It's real. This is the war. This is the fight. Paul talks a ton about renewing our minds and thinking on the right things. You can give these guys a hand. Thank you, guys. This is why we flip-flop in our transformation. Our flesh never shuts up with its thoughts. And when your sinful flesh has your thoughts, you'll never live from the spirit man, the real you. And that's why Paul says, again, in verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way to transform is to renew your mind. We first need to renew our minds from the old ways of thinking. We need to retrain our minds on how to think and also respond to emotions because emotions are a real thing. Your emotions are not bad or good. They're just signals. They're, They're there to 
help you, help you express yourself, but also help you establish where your heart is in that moment or where your mind is in that moment and, you know, regroup. If we don't do this, our thoughts will revert to the old ways of thinking because, as Paul says, sin is always warring against the law of your mind. Okay? So at first, when you get saved, it's warring to keep your mind in that sinful mindset. But as you renew it, now it's going to war to get it back to the sinful mindset. We must learn to take control of our minds and how we think. Write this down, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This, that, this, this, these verses right here are absolutely critical to transformation because it doesn't just happen. It's focused awareness on your thoughts. Have any of you, like, sitting around and then all of a sudden, you know, it, 15 minutes passes by, you've just been, like, dazing at a wall or a TV, and you're like, what have I been thinking about? Anybody ever do that? I have. You have to, we have to actually take control of our thoughts. And we need to renew our mind with what? Well, we all know, right? God's word. I got, a number, like, five verses here. I want to read them all. And I want you to write them all down. Romans 8, 5, and 6. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay? So just as we just demonstrated, I need to set my mind on the things of the Spirit, the Spirit of God who dwells in, my, in me, who I belong to now, not my flesh. And he says, when you do this, it's life and peace. How many of you need life and peace? I do. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden, hidden with Christ in God. Paul's saying, set your mind on the things above, on heaven. The other night, I was just having kind of a rough night, and I was like, man, it's just a rough night. It's feeling, I was just struggling. And then I flipped on a, a YouTube video of a guy talking about, you know, Jesus returning, and I just started to think about that after I watched it. It's a short video, and I was like, wow, I can't wait till you come back. And I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and pretty soon I felt so good. And I went to bed in peace in that moment. Colossians 3, 8 through 10. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. The new man who is renewed in knowledge. Where does knowledge dwell? In your mind, right? According to the image of him who created him. Proverbs 119, 9 through 11. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
It's through God's word, getting it into our heads, and, and which goes into our hearts, that keeps us from sinning, from acting like the world. Ephesians 5, 25 and 27, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So the water of the word of God washes us clean, renews our mind, And he says, without spot or wrinkle, being holy without blemish. That's transformation to beauty. It is with the word, thinking about Jesus and what he's done, thinking about spiritual things that are above and not beneath, that we renew, renovate our minds. And it is through this process that we transform because the things we think about are the things that we are going to come to believe. If you think about something for long enough, You'll believe it. That's one of the things you hear like in propaganda. Tell them a lie long enough and they'll believe the lie. Beliefs keep us in cycles and patterns, good or bad. So if, if it works for a lie, if you tell yourself the truth long enough, you'll believe the truth. It'll become a belief in you. And it's interesting, continual thinking on certain thoughts or how beliefs are formed in your heart. If we never change our thinking, our thinking will keep reinforcing our belief. And our belief will keep producing thoughts that reinforce our beliefs. So we have to change our minds. That's what repentance is. Repentance doesn't mean just turning away. The literal, literal definition of repentance, when you look it up in Scripture, is a changing of the mind. We have to change our minds. This is a reason that it's so important to have godly friends in our life that we trust that can speak into our life when we're struggling and we don't take offense to them when they say it. Because sometimes we might just be struggling so much, you need that godly friend to come by and say, hey, I've been watching you. I've been hearing the things coming out of your mouth. You know, you need to fix this. And I say, oh, thank you. Yeah, you're right. Can you, I need your help to do that. You know, you want to text me every day about this just as a reminder? You know, we need that type of friendship in our life to help us change. We need each other to keep ourselves fixed on, on, on God as well. We must change how we think and think on the truth. Renewing our mind is, is the only way to transform like a butterfly. And it starts by taking thoughts captive and thinking according to God's word. It is the only way. This became, I'm not going to be much longer, but this is, really became real for me um, back when I was at Rama Bible Training uh, Center, now college, in, in uh, well, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, just outside of Tulsa. And I haven't given this testimony to many people, and I need to. Um, but in 2004, that was my last year there, um, I grew up my entire life with asthma. And the asthma wasn't the type that I had to necessarily take it all the time, like every day. But if I did any physical activity at all that was going to increase my heart rate, like running, playing soft, like baseball with my friends, basketball, anything like that. I always had to take my albuterol inhaler before I did anything. Because I would just, like, asthma would just kick up. And if I ever got sick, I always had to take my inhaler. And my inhalers, you know, if I didn't do a lot of activity, well, then I, my inhalers would last, you know, a pretty long time because I only needed it for certain things. 
And at Rama, in that last year, we went through, uh, we were learning about healing and going through a healing class, just learning about scripture after scripture of Jesus healing people. And um, my mind was just totally fixed on it. I was thinking about myself that whole time with, with asthma. And I was thinking about um, Mark eleven twenty two through 24. I'll read it. A lot of you know it. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to him, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And I would think about the woman uh, with the demon-possessed daughter. Like all the different healings, you know, miracles that Jesus did. That woman... Just thinking about it now, she she came to Jesus and the disciples were like, send her away because she wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile. And Jesus looked at her and said, you know, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. And then she responded back and Jesus said, you know, why should I give my, give, give to the dogs? And she said, well, even the little dogs get to eat from the master's table. And Jesus said, whoa, that's, that's the kind of faith that I was trying to draw out of you. And he says, your daughter's healed right at this moment. I think about these things. And so I was thinking about how I wanted to be free from asthma. Like I wanted to be free from it, 100%. And so I was, one day I pulled out my inhaler during that, that class and I looked at it and my expiration date on it was coming up. I was going to have to go buy a new one. And because I, I wasn't exercising or doing a lot of stuff, I was just going to school and going to work. And um, so I said, God, when this thing hits the expiration date, I'm going to throw this in the garbage and believe you for healing. I just, that was me. I was the step of faith I just felt like God telling me to take in that moment. And so on that day, I did that. And I went outside and I just went running. And I set a, you know, a goal to run a certain, like a mile, two miles. And I ran, and I walked, <laughs> but I ran, and at first I felt great. And then pretty soon I started to feel like tightness in my chest, like it's getting hard to breathe. And all of a sudden the thoughts were coming like, you know, you're not healed. Like God's not going to, you need that inhaler. You're going to need this. And that's when I started to take authority over my thoughts. I was like, no, that's not what God's word said. And so I finished that run. And I didn't take my inhaler when I got home, and I was fine. I went out again a couple days later. Same exact thing happened. I went out again. Same exact thing happened. I went out again. And, pretty, and then I never needed the inhaler again. And I haven't taken an inhaler since, you know, for asthma since 2004. But I had to take authority over my thoughts. I had to actively grab them and say, no. So the challenge, we're going to wrap up here, the challenge then that I want to offer all of us is to begin to look at your life. What are the areas in your life that you are feeling like, man, I am conforming to the world. I'm struggling with this. Or I'm struggling to believe this certain thing. Maybe it is healing. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you have struggle with your mouth, you know, and swearing or whatever. I don't know all the different things that... I know there's tons of things, but I don't know the things that you deal with, but what are the areas that when you look at yourself and you look at scripture, 
You are not conformed to Scripture, but you look more like the world. Write them down. And begin looking up Scriptures this week that pertain to your situation. And start thinking about them. Begin paying attention to your thoughts every day. Throughout the day, you know, you can even put a little reminder on your phone or your watch or whatever, like morning, noon, you know, dinner time just pops up. What are you thinking? And you take a moment and you stop and you think, what have I been thinking today? Okay, that's wrong. That's good. I need more of this thinking, less of this thinking. And you train yourself to think about what you're thinking about and take authority over your thoughts. So what are the areas that you're not conform, you're conformed to the world in and struggling with? Look up the scriptures. Begin paying attention to your thoughts and understand that transformation doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes time. There's grace and mercy and God. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, right? So, and you are in Christ Jesus if you have him in you. And so, understand that transformation doesn't happen overnight. Give yourself grace. You don't have to be perfect, okay? Transformation doesn't mean that you're perfect, but it means that you're changing, that you're allowing God to perfect you and leading you to a place where the things that you have performed to no longer hold you down. So that is the challenge then for this week and for next week. And then on June 12th, I'm going to come back and I'm going to speak again on this topic and go more into depth on how to renew your mind. And I'm going to use uh, an acronym, MORPH, M-O-R-P-H, because that's the word transform, metamorpho. And you guys can try to think of what those letters are going to mean. Um, the first one shouldn't be too hard. But that is the challenge for this week. Good? Does that make sense? Understand? Okay. So I'm going to pray. Um, guys, if there's anything that you need prayer for, we have some prayer teams that can come up. You guys can come up now. And um, I'm going to pray for all of us and for this message here just to stick into our hearts. And um, if you need Jesus, we talked about it a little bit in the transition time between worship and greeting. But if you don't know Jesus, he loves you. He wants to transform your life. He wants you to live freely and alive and know who he is and know who you are in him. So if you need Jesus, please come up here and talk to one of these prayer, prayer leaders or myself. So, All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you made us new creations in you, Lord, and you've shown us the way on how to have real transformation, butterfly transformation. And Lord, I pray that all these scriptures and the things that were spoken, Lord, they would stick into all of our minds and go in deep into our hearts. Lord, that you just reveal to us the areas that you want us to work on right now. Lord, lead us to the right scriptures. Lead us to the right friends, Lord, in our life that will be able to help us help speak into our lives concerning this, these areas in our life. And Lord, that we would all see true life change, butterfly life change, transformation in Jesus' name. We give you all the praise and glory, and we honor you. You are worthy of all our praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you, and uh, can't wait to... See you guys next week.